The Diocese of Harrisburg invites you to this year's annual women's conference, The Eucharist, Jesus in Our Midst, on October 15th at the Diocesan Center in Harrisburg. Speakers include EWTN's Barbara McWigan, blogger and hobo for Christ Meg Hunter-Kilmer, spiritual life director Catherine Fennessy, and our most reverend Bishop Ronald Gaynor. Our speakers will focus on the courage and confidence faithful women find in the Eucharist. Attendees will also be able to participate in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament with benediction, confession, and mass celebrated by Bishop Gaynor. For more information and details on how to register, visit hbgdiocese.org. Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Troche, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. I want you to close your eyes and picture something with me. It's Sunday morning. The pews are filling up. Mass is starting, and at the back of the church, out of tune and off the beat, you hear a toddler wailing, followed by the immediate shushing of a parent and the dropping of a few hymnals from a preschooler. You try not to stare, but it's hard not to. The priest is doing his thing, and you're trying to pay attention, but you can see this little family struggling. Eventually, they get up and shuffle off to the narthex where... Behind closed doors, you see the same toddler playing on the floor, their cries mostly muffled, and the mother lets out a deep sigh of defeat. You just witnessed a millisecond of that parent's day. The rest of it was probably filled with similar antics, but in the comfort and privacy of their own home. Does this sound familiar? And for the record, that's me nearly every time I take my circus of a family to Mass. Parenting is hard. It's really hard. It's not just the sleepless nights or the early mornings or the coffee that's been reheated 17 times because you forgot to drink it. It's the patching up boo-boos and watching them learn to trust and sending them off to school. It's an incredible roller coaster of emotions on a minute-by-minute basis. And somewhere in there, we need to introduce them to Jesus to show them the way of our faith, and to teach them how to be children of God. I often find myself wringing my hands while praying to Mary. How? How did you do this? How can I be more like you? I'm sure as a baby, Jesus cried or spat up, probably broke his best pair of sandals on more than one occasion, or dirtied his clothes right before a big event. I mean, it's even documented that he took off without telling her, to go preach in the temple, and he was barely a teenager. 
And he didn't have access to a cell phone or video games or even got behind the wheel of a car. Parenting is hard. It's a vocation that requires discernment. It's a lifelong journey, and it doesn't end when our kids are grown. So what hope is there for parents trying to raise little disciples in today's society? To help answer this, I've asked Adam Earhart, a father and director of family ministries for the diocese, to give me some practical 21st century tips on how to embrace the moment and play the long-term Catholic parenting game. Just a little bit about myself as far as parenting goes. I've been married 16 years. My wife and I, we have six children, um, and they range from teenage to toddler. So we have uh, various experience. We have a special needs child as well with Down syndrome. So I guess you could say we, we have a, a good range of experience when it comes to parenting. Definitely runs the gamut. Runs the gamut, but it's also enough experience to know like that we don't, know it all and and obviously we haven't arrived at some kind of level of perfected parenting right we're (laughs) we're still very much challenged every day in the parenting endeavor but so that's a little bit about myself as far as talking about raising kids um, and what that means and one of the things that really struck me when you reached out about this was the fact that raising children is never something that ends right it's Obviously, the child grows and their needs change and all of that. But um, our children are our children and our relationships with them hopefully will be long lived and we can uh, always be in that relationship with them and guide them and, and interact with them and engage with them. That, that's one of the things that struck me first was the dy- dynamism of it. And each kid's different, right? So even if, let's say, there's different ages and their needs change as they grow, but it's also each person is unique, right? So one kid's strength um, might be another kid's weakness. Um, one kid's way of learning might be the bane of another's existence, right? Like, they're like, don't teach me like that. Um, or being taught even is just, let's not do this, right? <laughs> like, so like, as they grow, it gets kind of complex, but even just in- inherently, each kid is just different and God made them to be utterly unique. And that's good news. But it also presents a, a kind of difficulty for parents that think it's one way and everybody's got to be the same and taught the same, et cetera. And I say this from experience, you know, stepping in that puddle many times um, and not shifting my footing. Right? <laughs> just continue. No, this is how it must be. You know, it's, kids can present different challenges in, in that regard. But I think one, one of the principles of this is, is kind of to be open and receptive as well as kind of like leading the charge, you know, as parents, like that dynamism or that movement or that change is something we have to be led into as well as leading in a sense by the, by the Holy spirit. So I don't know if you want to. No, that's great. And I, my husband um, in a previous life used to work in management and he Mm -hmm. talked all the time about different management styles and about how different employees would learn or right. perform differently based on like so he would you know sidestep his management style to get the performance that he needed out of the employee based mm-hmm. on what their needs were so i really like that because you talked about shifting perspectives and i sometimes we need to take a managerial approach to parenting and it's not a do as i say all the time you know right dictatorship it's it's about learning how your kids are 
so vastly different. Mm -hmm. Like you and I were talking before about my youngest son starting school and he's so excited. And then my oldest son is like, seriously, Mm -hmm. why, why are we doing this right now? But today everything is so much different than it was when when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. And and before that it was when our parents were growing up, like it's the world is ever changing. And I feel like it's just continuing to get harder Mm -hmm. to raise our kids like in the Catholic phase, like, how do parents nowadays like even stand a chance at succeeding? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like what are some of the things that we should be focusing on? Yeah. And I think that's an awesome question. I think success, you say, how can we succeed? And it's a good question, right? That is the question. How do we uh, accomplish the goal, right? Or how do we succeed at at this? And one of the things we, when we think of success, we're thinking of like the end, what's the end of something, Mm. right? We can't say this, you know, we can determine our success by way of if we're reaching our goal, right? Right. Or we're always goal. looking for a finish line. Right. Or what is it? What is that? And I think that's that's one of the questions we have to start with. Um, and obviously, we can answer it that question in many ways. I mean, and rightfully to say, it's it's life with God in heaven, right? That's the end, right? But I think we can oversimplify that sometimes and think that means just getting them to be somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Getting them through the thing of life to get them to the real thing or the real life lived let's say um but i I think i mean obviously there's a truth there that heaven is our destination right but is it simply just to get them through stuff to go somewhere else or is it it about engaging with them ushering them into the experience of god's life relationship with them now right through the stuff of life right because it's one life right it's not like they live a life on earth and then they die and then they're given this different life, right? Or there's someone else. Like God creates them, right? Utterly unique, as we, we, we mentioned briefly, like with their strengths and their weaknesses and their challenges, many challenges. <laughs> uh, but their triumphs and their, and, their, and their voice and their laughter, whatever, all their uniqueness, right? God creates because he knows they're beautiful and good. And there's something he wants to bring to life in them that, Nobody else can bring to life in that particular way, right? That's their calling to be themselves. And their life is an integral whole, right? Body and soul and life on earth and life in heaven. And we baptize our children for the, to, to bring them into communion with God here and now, right? Although it's not fully realized, it is in this moment, in this life on earth, as fully realized as it can be, right? Like baptism, communion with God. How do we as parents bring them into contact with that how do we help them engage with that reality like this is who i am here and now and how do we usher them into that kind of heavenward journey right which is life on earth right it's not that this is the end all be all but it is good and it is god extending relationship to us through our lives right through our parents through our engagement with reality as a whole how do we as parents help our kids come into contact with that. Now, again, if success is, uh, you know, hopefully one day them being in heaven with God, a successful parent would say that um, I was able to help them engage with God's will in their life, right? I was, I was able to help them see reality for what it is and engage with it, right? Enter into it, accept it, rejoice in it. And these are things that I think for us to, in order to start doing or like start trying to 
how do you usher someone into something or bring someone into something or pull back the veil? Like we have to have experienced that ourselves. So I think one of the things is there's there's no way of, I think, successful parenting without in this in this regard, without having tasted the goodness of the Lord, right? Without having walked with him or not having walked with him is a past thing, but walking with him, right, in every day. So we can look at what that looks like or what, what that entails. But ultimately, it's like, hey, if I'm on this journey with God, if I'm engaging with the reality of my life and the depth of its meaning, which is ultimately being with God, uh, being my body being the indwelling of God, right, the temple of God in this, this cosmic, mysterious way, if I'm not really on fire about that and happy about that and rejoicing about that, how can I say you should be happy about that? You should be or that's what your life is. I mean, it's it's a great vision, right? It's a picture that or a picture, I guess. Yeah, a picture or a vision that exceeds the limitations of our mind, because like we wake up and we see things and we engage with it on a very limited scope or a very limited way, because that's all we can perceive, let's say if we're not engaging with it on a spiritual way as well, like where everything has meaning, every instant can be filled with eternity, right? I mean, that's, it blows our mind, but that's, if that's real, then there's something to uh, sink our teeth into. And it's something to really do that work ourselves, to enter into that ourselves, and then kind of, as our kids grow, kind of continue to usher them into that reality. Like, don't just see it for what it seems to be, right? There's more to this. Um, so I think success is that engagement. It's an active, ongoing engagement with something ourselves. And then helping expose that to our children for, so that they can then start to engage with it themselves. Now, with a toddler, it's going to look different than with a teenager, than with a 30-year-old. But again, it's that lifelong journey, that process. And I think it's an adventure, right? It's a, it's a pilgrimage. It's a journey that we're on ourselves. So if we're not discovering that, if we're not receiving that with great joy and and depth of prayer and all these things, then our our children are more likely not going to see that as something they want. Or, you know, if it's just something, oh, yeah, I, I, I was taught this once and I believe it and it's in this book. Check it out. Okay. And you, they read the catechism or something, which is good. You know, I'm not dogging it. It's beautiful. But if, if that's what our faith is, if that's what being Catholic is, like, might as well be science class or history class or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not what it is. It's a lived encounter. It's an experience, engagement. And it's all about love, right? So there's there's all of these levels of it that if, if we're leading in that way, then I think that is going to um, be conducive to some level of success here on Earth as parents. Yeah, and I love that image of, of being on a journey and on a pilgrimage. I mean, if we're on a journey to build our own relationship with God, then raising our children to have a relationship with him is is kind of like they're walking beside us. You say, right. "Come on, let's go on this journey." I love that. I think mm. that's I think that's very powerful. And again, with setting the example for our kids, I remember my mom used to get up really early in the morning, like before the rest of us were up for school, and she would sit and read the Bible until mm-hmm. like we got up. And it wasn't until I was a parent that I realized why she got up so early. And it wasn't because she was a morning person. But first of all, she needed that peace. And second of all, yes. she needed that time alone yes. with God. And now I'm like, oh, because she was setting the example mm-hmm. for us. And, you know, we didn't I 
for sure didn't engage. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm reading yeah. the Bible. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, whatever. But now I see how that kind of formed my relationship with God, especially as a parent, like needing 20 minutes where nobody's talking to me or yes. touching me or needing something from me yep. when I can just go to God and like get my cup filled mm -hmm. back up. And it's, it's no secret that like we have this huge impact on our kids in that way, like whether we know it or whether mm -hmm. we don't, but sometimes it's hard, especially like when you're in the thick of it and they're just doing everything to grade on your nerves to resist the temptation and say like, what's wrong with you? I like, know. why can't you do what I'm telling you to do when they're acting out? And more often than not, they're just reflecting yeah. our feelings. Like maybe they've seen us react negatively and mm -hmm. they're just like, well, that's what mom does. Mm -hmm. That's what dad does. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm. So what are some ways that we can maybe like work on self-regulation? So when our children reflect our emotions, they're doing so in a Christ-like way, or even how can we work on our relationship so that they are reflecting our relationship with God and building yeah. their own? Uh, it's, it's, that's well said. I mean, it is, first of all, just listening to you um, and just thinking of my own experience, just, you know, there's so many ways that we can fall you know, um, and allow the enemy in because I, I think he, he loves nothing more than sowing discord in the family, right? Or or putting barriers uh, between uh, father and son, mother and daughter, mother and son, whatever, between parents, between uh, spouses, uh, siblings, etc. Like dividing up the family is a, a huge victory for the enemy um, because the family is given this amazing task that's way beyond its ability to um, achieve itself right which is ultimately to be as as pope saint john paul ii said a school of love wherein um, we learn many things about relationship or interrelationality right like it's not just independence like well, i'll get away from my family and be a self-made person on my own i autonomous. don't need them right i don't need anybody I, or I only need people when I want to need them or when it's convenient and then I'll toss them, I'll use them or something. Like that's not the way we look at life, right? It's there's relationship and uh, there's interdependence. And so when people depend on us, it can be very difficult when we're trying to, you know, get our own space and we all fall prey to, you know, needing more uh, just personal space than our kids will allow, you know, but we all do have a need for, that silence, um, as you were mentioning, your mother, and that need for for uh, time with God, um, solitude, where we can uh, kind of regroup and, like you said, have that um, refreshing kind of uh, space where we can be filled uh, with our peace and with, with God's presence and we can bring Him into the rest of our day. The bringing Him into the rest of our day is the thing that needs to be very intentional because others' needs do claim our time and our space and, and our thinking and whatever it is and so one is that there's that constant uh, temptation i think but there's also uh, i think a need to recognize that we're in need of, of mercy and grace while we're parents we're, we're expected to you know be just and to take charge and to make things happen and we do need to do these things but we also need to be recipients of, of God's mercy and and also be granters of mercy, right? It, to be examples of forgiveness. And as our kids grow, they, they recognize that 
um, we're in need of forgiveness too. Like it's like we we give for, like we forgive uh, each other. We forgive our spouse. Or we forgive the child that you know we correct uh, in love, right? But we also need forgiveness ourselves. Sometimes we need to ask forgiveness from our children for having failed to be as loving or as patient or as or as kind. Um, I've done that many times. Just you know, I mean it. it, it at some point. It's one of those things like, wow, I'm asking forgiveness again for something that I've failed to do before. And so like you're, you're like, oh, I'm kind of I don't want to ask forgiveness again or it's going to be a bit. But I think it's better than ignoring the fact that we failed some, in, mm. in some regard. Right. Mm-hmm. Like us as parents, we don't have it all together or figured out. Sometimes our emotions get the best of us and we don't necessarily respond to a person. We react to a behavior and we're not seeing them for who they are. We're seeing the behavior and we're reacting it because um, reacting to it because it's bad, maybe, right? It's it's a behavior that needs to be corrected, and yet we correct it in a way that's um, not loving. And and so it's it's one of those things that I think if if we see ourselves as always in need of God's mercy, and uh, on on that journey of conversion and contrition, right? So the sacrament of confession, penance, the sacraments here are huge. So uh, as, as in all things Catholic, right? Like the grace that we need to be what we're called to be. There's that that relationship of, again, dependence. We depend upon God to give us what we need in order to be who we're called to be. And um, I think in that space of prayer in the morning or that space that we carve out for ourselves, we're, we're praying to have our cup filled. We're praying to be forgiven and to be guided. Um, I think of Psalm 51, you know, uh, the miserere, where, where we're praying for um, God to forgive us and to, to cleanse us of our sins and, and to to give us His Spirit, right, to, to guide us. Um, and so this this kind of uh, this need to really just fight for this relationship with God, so that we can have that kind of similar relationship with our kids, so we can be the parents they need. Because it's not easy, right? It's, it's like you were saying, like it's, it's. Uh, there's so much out there in the world that's vying for our kids' attention and for their, um, their, their interest and their, you know, these kind of uh, competing values in life and all this. And I think the enemy uses our impatience and our, you know, oh, you say God is love. Or this is the adventure of the Christian life, and yet, you know, you you spaz out or something you know like it, it happens right so how do we we have to be we're, we're not ultimately in control entirely of our behavior like it's not just like i mean we have the ability to choose and, and to discipline and, and things like this but beyond that we're in need of god's grace in order to fight these things fight the temptations see it for what it is right because sometimes we can't see it for what it is and so that need for grace conversion forgiveness um in our own lives as well as um the mercy and forgiveness we give to our children. Absolutely. And there's two things that you touched on that I want to circle back to one being the sacraments and then the other being discipline, because you're right. Like difficult situations are going to happen with our kids. They're, they're going to do stuff that, that we don't want them to do or that are not safe. Mm -hmm. And it's the difference between demanding obedience in the moment and demanding obedience for a lifetime. Like mm. if it's a safety issue, obviously they need to, you know, don't cross. Like right. 
you react immediately and sternly because you're you fear you fear for their safety mm-hmm. versus you know you shouldn't hit your sister right. or you shouldn't like or taking other people's emotions into consideration like my oldest is having issues with teasing mm-hmm. his brothers right now because mm-hmm. he thinks it's funny right. and is explaining to him that there are different types of humor and there's mm. yeah you know it's about building a relationship and you talked about having that first having that relationship with god and mm-hmm. like we're not perfect we're right. we're gonna mess up we're gonna need to ask forgiveness from god and from everybody else because the only perfect parent is mm-hmm. is god yeah but how do we you know respond to these difficult situations and make corrections and impose natural consequences while still instilling virtues like do you have mm-hmm. any examples of ways that we can kind of do that in the moment or things mm-hmm. that we should think about yeah I, I think that you mentioned obedience and if we think of you know saint paul uh, talks often about the obedience of faith and this idea of of giving ear or, or entrusting something to others like there's a level of trust with obedience now there's kind of um authoritarian like you must obey and and there is a role in the family like authority is important but it but it's an authority of father son mother son kind of relationship right it, it's an authority of love and trust right like ultimately little kids are more responsive to more hey don't do that it's and and they're like okay as they grow they're trying to understand why you know like why shouldn't i do that like like what is it about that that isn't good because i thought it was funny <laughs> like it, it satisfied something in me you know and and i think like if we're honest with ourselves even as adults like we, we're going through a similar thing right we need to obey we need to give ear to uh, our our father in heaven right there, there's we're not like the end all be all sovereigns of all things right like we're children too in a very real way that we're growing in the virtue obedience is is something we it's part of it's like a principle of our lives right? it's something that we always have to it's a it's a posture we also always have to have and, and cultivate and so it's like this entrustment this trusting now we have to recognize i think as our kids grow and, and in our relationships we mentioned last like some of the temptations to kind of overreact or um, these kinds of things that we struggle with like the more we do that we do damage some trust right we've unfortunately run out of time but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode you can listen to us anytime on spotify under candid catholic convos or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.